Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Just seemed like we had this young man on. Notice I'm calling him young now. This young man on, uh, in fact, we had him on yesterday because he was still flying high mm, from being mm. at Bud Walton Arena for the Arkansas-Auburn game, better known as Hoop Scoop. Yeah. That's Kevin McPherson, uh, thanks to courtesy of hogville.net. Well, Kevin, have you, as your feet finally landed on the ground, are you back up with your batteries back charged to 100%? You know, I, I I think if you're anytime you've been a part of or been in a building like the atmosphere was it tonight and a win like that, you, you, that stays in your in in the memory bank not only forever but the excitement level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that doesn't wear off just real quick. I mean, when you're working there as a covering the game and as part of the media, you know you have to do that job. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I'll put it this way: before the game, when I was waiting to get in guy drove up in a truck said he'd been driving over 400 miles he'd been to the oklahoma city thunder game the night before because steph curry he wanted to watch him play in person with golden state and then he knew about this game and he just wanted to be there so this was not a fan of all or arkansas but there's excitement anytime there's a, a, a game like that uh sometimes fans that are just fans of basketball or, or big sporting events show up and then you look at the the Ratings. I mean, ESPN put it out today. This was on ESPN two, the highest rated game they've had, going back to 2018. Really? You know, over wow, a million viewers, and I think it almost, I think it almost climbed to two million. So yeah, anybody that was a part of that, whether you watched it on TV or there, there's got to still be some buzz left over to less than 48 hours later. Having said all that, guys, it's still a season to be played. This wasn't the national championship game, right? So you, you you're not. You're not going from – you don't have time to glow too much in it. You, you're turning your attention to the next one, and that's Alabama, and that's going to be, you know, another – what I consider with this Arkansas team, another situation where it's probably going to be in a close game looking for a way to grind in, into that victory circle. That's the M.O. of this team, and really it's a different team than last year, but very similar in that regard. They didn't blow a bunch of teams out. It was a lot of come from behind or win it in the last few minutes, and uh, that's good basketball too because – you can be – you don't have to be flawless. You don't have to have a bunch of uh, big shooting nights or great – you know, be excellent at one thing. This Arkansas team, it's on the defensive end. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's shooting free throws, okay? But if you win, that's what matters. And I think this Arkansas team has found a way to do that now. And that's an obvious statement, right? Nine in a row. Nine wins in a row. So, Kevin, one of the things that gives them a chance at Alabama, and I, and I think this will be a very tough game, maybe the toughest left on the schedule, including Kentucky at home, because if you're coming off a win like this. But one of the stats that's really kind of the um, – you haven't really looked at, it's unless you really study it closely, is Arkansas in that game, yes, they played great defense. But in the first half, Auburn was killing them on the boards. And you still look at the final stats, and it's 60-42. to 42. But in the second half in overtime, it was 29-27. to 27. So Arkansas really got on the boards with a great rebounding team. And if they'll do that, play great de- defense and get the rebounds, then you got a chance to win any game you play. A, a thousand percent agree, and it's the adjustments Arkansas makes at halftime. How many games have we seen this poor three-point shooting team take a lot in the first half, settle for threes, 
Musselman gets in there at halftime, and they come out, and they really t- pay attention and uh, focus on zeroing in on attacking the paint, getting to the free throw line, getting close-range shots. He challenged them, look, you're going to have to get on the glass. Uh, D.C. Tony was the first player I noticed in the first couple of possessions that you know, started attacking that offensive glass. You saw Devo Davis. Got a stick back. Jalen right, Williams. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. got involved in that. Yeah, I think Chris Likes had four rebounds in that game. I mean, that was one of those all hands on deck. You know, we got to find a way. And then defensively, Arkansas crushed Auburn as bad as it was on the glass. Arkansas was the other way with turnovers. You know, plus eight for the game. Plus, yeah. I think there were plus eleven points off turnovers and and like plus twelve or fourteen in transition scoring. A lot of that was the turnovers. And remember, Auburn wasn't only the number one shot blocking team in the country, or the second. I don't know, there were one or two coming in, but they were top 20 in steals. And so anytime you're creating steals, those are live ball turnovers. You're expecting to score in transition. Arkansas yeah. dominated that. So, yeah. you know, the defense, yes, the percentages in line with most of those other games where they were holding opponents below 40%, under 31% from three. But what I really liked was what you said, Rick, is the adjustments Arkansas continues to make at halftime to help correct some of the problems they have in the first half. And then also – they seem to take out at least one of the top scorers every night for one of these teams, and it was K.D. Johnson the other night. I think they held him to two points, only two rebounds and an assist. Here's a guy that was their second-leading scorer coming in at 13.5 points per game. By the way, gentlemen, uh, this kind of was breaking news uh, earlier. I'm not sure, about 3.30, somewhere in that range, regardless. Uh, University of Arkansas Athletic Director Hunter Juracek has signed a contract extension through 2027. Juracek is in line to be paid a base annual salary of $1.25 million under the new agreement. He could also uh, receive up to $175,000 a year following an annual review in which the U of A Chancellor will evaluate the overall performance of the athletic department. According to his contract, your check will be paid $566,000 in U of A salary, just shy of the line item maximum for his position, and an additional $684,000 for speaking engagements, TV and radio interviews and other sponsorship obligations. So, so Randy, here's two things that come to mind right away. Number one, if they were paying Jeff Long a million dollars, Hunter, your check's worth three times that. So $1.25 million is a bargain. And the second thought is, if he's getting 600000 for radio, he ought to be on drive time sports a lot, don't you think? <laughs> I thought I was, the same I thing. was just thinking that. We're, we're, uh, yeah, let's see these appearances. Okay. All right, Hunter, you're in Mexico right now, but when you get back, we're going to talk to you about some radio appearances. How's yeah. that? Yeah, we thought, I thought the same exact thing. You're right. <laughs> And whenever we've asked, he has come on. We just yes. haven't asked frequently. So yeah. he's been very good about that. All right, let's check in with uh, Navy Mike. Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hey, hello, Randy and Rick up, and uh, uh, Hoop Scoop. I, I got a, a question for Hoop Scoop, but real quick, Randy, you know, Apparently, the LeBron haterade is being consumed in large quantities up there in uh, Arkansas. Only by Steve. And only, I, Steve, only by Steve. Well, I feel the need to remind people that, you know, uh, yes, Jordan took a couple seasons off, but LeBron also didn't take 
seven years to get to his first final. And I feel the need to remind people that well, uh, let me Michael Jordan this, didn't win, didn't win a single on. Michael Jordan didn't win a single ring without Scotty except the '82 national championship. And that's LeBron it. didn't that's win a single. That's, he, that's the only he ring he won. And his well, he wedding ring. He yeah. didn't win his first ring without those guys, the three of them that went to Miami together. And remember this: Michael <clears> didn't win until his seventh year, but LeBron, or maybe four years later, LeBron came out out of high school. Jordan played three years of college. So that's a big difference too. So anyway, you, you can argue which, you can make arguments well, both ways, Rick, but let's let's don't diminish I'm, Jordan, I'm, and we're not we're not diminishing LeBron James, but let's not diminish Michael Jordan either. I'm not diminishing diminishing him. That's just facts, you know. I mean, that's cold hard facts. And you're usually on top of your stats, Rick, but LeBron has been on four title teams, not three. So, okay, okay. So, he's, okay. so he's, now okay. he's too short. Okay, we let's have, go back. Go ask, back you got Kevin on there, so ask him yeah. his question. Yeah, you know, uh, Scoop, um, I was just wondering as far as Devo Davis, you know, his game has clearly regressed from last year to this year. So I was just wondering what maybe how his, if scouts are even, you know, if they change their mind about him or if, if there's a different way, if they're looking at him differently and maybe if, uh, you know, it's affecting his, his stock or whatnot, or maybe if, if it isn't, you know. But anyways, uh, that's I'll get you guys comments on that, whatnot, and uh, have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. You know, Devo Davis, when we talk about regress, he, he was so good in the second half last season uh, yeah. in, in his role. And from a standpoint of production and some of these things, some of it's actually better than it was a year ago. But overall, the impression and the feeling is when you watch it that he does, he's not having the same kind of impact. And I think a lot of that had to do with, so many, so many similar players like him and J.D. Notay and Chris Likes, when they were on the court even sometimes together, having so much similarities in their games. I think Devo's starting to come around a little bit. He had one of his better games in this last game when Arkansas really needed it. Yeah. And I've said for a while, he's the key to me, Arkansas taking the next step as a team, especially in this tougher part of the SEC schedule, and he did it. I mean, he had eight points in the second half. All three of them were per- perimeter shots. Two of them were three-pointers. Arkansas desperately needed those. It was a seesaw game uh, for a team that doesn't shoot well from three. He's not necessarily the guy that you want taking a bunch of them, but he only he took three. He economized the attempts, and he made them. He had a career-high five steals. But to answer his question about the NBA, you know, I think there was uh, some obviously some building uh, momentum for him in terms of, you know, some of these folks that look at the NBA and what the draft might look like and him being a, a prospect for that. Uh, that's probably – he's probably not as elevated – now as he was maybe going into this season uh so we'll keep an eye on that but i think as far as what matters right now is him helping himself be the best he can for the razorbacks because that will yeah. help his pro prospects yeah uh i see him similar in a similar bucket as a pro prospect to a guy like a patrick beverly uh you know a, a plus defender on the perimeter a lockdown defender potential you know a, a, a guard that's not a, that's fearless going to get rebounds 50 50 balls impact winning and so i think those are the things that will be a formula to help him. Um, and I think, uh, you know, again, going off this last game, it's something to build on as this team continues to get to the toughest part of its schedule. Well, Devo Davis, he's not going to be in the NBA next year. He'll be at Arkansas at least another year. Uh, but you're right. He played, he played his best game in a while against Auburn. And for Arkansas to go deep into the tournament, He's going to have to have. He's going to have to really turn it on, and hopefully, the last game is where he will do that. Yeah, and you know, you, you look at the way that Musman gets guys to respond and to fit 
and to buy in. We're seeing it all over again uh, with a different group. Some of the same players, but, you know, another uh, uh, new pieces as well. All right, hang on, Kevin. we got to take a break. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, joined again by Kevin McPherson. They're known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Let's talk with Jim. Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I just wondering about uh, one of you's Caleb Squares. I wonder how good a player he is and uh, what position he plays, and I was wondering if Arkansas was interested in him. Caleb Squares. Do you know him, Kevin? Caleb Squires is a basketball player. If he's, oh. if he's talking about a basketball player, yeah. I know Caleb Squires. He's a, okay. he's a good right. player, but he's okay. not being recruited by Arkansas. How good a player is he? Well, he's a good, he's a good high school basketball player. Uh, you know, he's I've seen him in spring and summer. I mean, he's a you know he he's a combo guard out of Wonderview. Um, he's a senior, six uh, two ish, I think, maybe six three, but. Uh, uh, you know, an outstanding player, and um, you think you know, maybe but, D two? I, I, I don't have much to add as far as Arkansas because they're not recruiting. Well, okay, maybe D two. Is that what you may be thinking, Kevin? Division two. I think he's got no, no. I think now I think he's got potential for Division one. Uh, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't call him a high major prospect, but but I do think he's got D one potential. Uh, you know. I appreciate the caller asking about him, um, you know, and I don't want to sound negative when I say Arkansas is not in recruiting because he's a really good basketball player. Caleb's a guy I've been able to see in different, you know, I mean, I've seen him at workouts and in different atmospheres, and, you know, he's coachable um, and, and someone that has caught my eye um, as a player. You know, not everybody's going to be high major, but Caleb's a young man I think's Division One uh, potential. There you go, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Hey, Kevin, do you think there's an advantage? I, I, I thought this was a big, big deal. If you're going to win a game like that against Auburn, playing on Tuesday where you get an extra day maybe of rest, because when you look at the minutes played, hey, J.T. Note played over 41 minutes in that game. Tony played almost 41 minutes. Amude played 40 minutes. I mean, those guys probably having a day off will be helpful before they get ready for Alabama, don't you think? I do. And, you know, Musselman talks all the time. He actually bristles when he's asked during press conferences about other teams that have depth, like Auburn, like South Carolina, teams that play a lot of players, and does he worry about fatigue? And he bristles at that. He, he's like, don't worry about the Razorbacks. We're going to be fine. And really, to me, Arkansas got stronger and, and even tougher the, the longer that game wore on. And I thought some of Auburn's top players that are used to getting breathers and being in that kind of rotation, I thought they looked mm. a little wilted. So it's very, very interesting that these players, they're still human, right? I mean, they still need yeah. recovery time, and I do think that extra day is going to help them. Uh, but at the same time, when I look back at the success Arkansas had, I really haven't seen a time where I felt like they were running out of gas against the other team, uh, good or bad, whether you know things were snowballing on them in a few games like we've seen. But typically they're winning, and I, and I don't think fatigue's been a factor in-game but anytime you go to overtime in a game like that, I think it's both mental and physical, Rick. You need yeah. some recovery time because there's a euphoria surrounding that. We talked about that in the first part of the first segment here. Everybody's feeling the impact of beating number one, and so I think that maybe that extra time helps you get back to earth, you know, mentally, and then also rest up. 
You made a good point because you think about Auburn. They're not used to They've played some close games, obviously winning at Missouri and at Georgia, but they've had some routes as well. And so if your guys aren't used to playing 38 or 40 minutes, you can get a little bit tired. And look at they missed their last seven free throws. And maybe the crowd had something to do with that, but fatigue might have as well. Yeah, I think fatigue did. I thought Walker Kessler was not as impact. I don't think he was affected. Now, he got in some foul trouble there at the end and fouled out. But I think part of that, too, was he wasn't as springy as he was. You know, I thought Jabari Smith still had some in the tank. Yeah, he did. Uh, but I felt like some of the – and, of course, Wendell Green had a good game. But I, I thought it might have affected Kessler uh, more than anybody. Um, and you got to remember, Alan Fl- – I'm not making excuses for Auburn, but Alan Flanagan had been hurt for so long with that Achilles injury. He's only been back, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, it's 11 or 12 games now. But anytime you're in a slugfest like that, it's going to impact people differently. And I'm – you know, Arkansas, you would think Auburn would have been the pressure team the way their rotations are. I thought Arkansas was the pressure team at the end. Well, to your case in point, uh, Kessler ended up playing 33 minutes, 17 seconds. He was averaging right at 25 coming in. Same thing with Jabari Smith. He uh, ended up playing almost 32 and a half minutes. He came in right about 25, 26 minutes a game. Now, I didn't look at Flanagan going in, but he ended up playing over 28 minutes in the game. But you're right, Kevin. Now, I asked this question today. Uh, of Coach Musselman during the Zoom press conference, and I asked him about, to me, they're, they're changing uh, positions, so to speak. They go from the hunter, I think, to the hunted now. Uh, and I think that's where yeah. mentally, Kevin, that break, they had the day off yesterday, I think that's going to help them maintain that, at least that mindset of going in this game with Alabama of continuing to be the hunter and not being the hunted uh, because they were able to take a break and possibly get away. Now, Musselman did point out that these kids go out to lunch, they go out to dinner, they run into people all the time. So, And their classmates, it may be difficult in Mm. some ways for them to totally walk away at this point from the Auburn game. But Eric Eric Musselman was saying today, you know, what did you do after the game? Well, I hung around for about an hour and a half, two hours, then I went home and I started working on Alabama. That's right. That's him. Yeah. He didn't even let it go. I mean, he, yeah. I say he didn't let it go. He didn't let that chain of continuity of how he prepares, gets ready for the next game. He's already turned the page from Auburn uh, to Alabama, which I think is quite yeah. remarkable. And I expect that of Eric Melsman. I think it says a lot to his wife. Arkansas has the success it does because he, he stays in his lane. You know, he seems like a guy that's out there, right? Being with the shirt off with the with the right. students and this and right. that, the social media stuff. But everything he does is really calculated within what his strengths are. He understands what he can do and what what works for him. And I think it doesn't surprise me at all that he's not he's not you know he's got an unswerving devotion to figuring out game plans and how to win. All coaches want to win, but I think he's a, a little bit different in some of the things he does. But as far as this team goes, you said they're the hunted. It's just so bizarre to me for how long this team was ranked in the top 15, got in the top 10, and didn't look like that kind of team. Mm-hmm. And they've looked like that kind of team these, this entire – I mean, they lost five out of six, and they went and handed Missouri a 44-point loss and, yeah. and executed every part of the game plan like a top-10 team would. They've looked and, – and, and nothing's been – not everything's been easy since then, but they've looked like a top-10, 15 team. They're still not in the ranking, so – 
But I think you're right. Rankings are not. This team is now hunted because the rest of the SEC understands Arkansas's got a chance to win this league now. They're only two games behind Auburn. Anything can happen. Auburn's not been great on the road. They won until this last game, but they've had some near misses there against some teams that you know at the bottom half of the league. But Arkansas's right in the mix here, and they are the hunted. They're in that little group now. Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn. Those are the top four teams in the league, and they should be the hunted. Let's see if we can sneak in real quick, Russ. Russ, I apologize we got you right up against the break. Good evening, guys. Third time, long time. Question for Hoop Scoop. Um, Nick Smith is getting a lot of love right now in the recruiting circles, but uh, I want to get Kevin's take on Jordan Walsh. It just seems that with his size and aggressiveness, he can really develop at the next level. Thanks. Thank you, Russ. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, Nick Smith is in our backyard here. He, he's arguably the top player in the country, getting a lot of attention and deservedly so. But Jordan Walsh is a top 10 five-star, and he has earned that. There, there's no fluff in there. This young man brings so much to the table, and he does the little things that lead to winning. He's not all about, well, I'm a five-star. Let me go back it up with a 30-point scoring there. Let me take all the shots tonight. Doesn't play that way. Plays to win. He and Nick Smith Jr. are going to be fantastic. We Thank you, go. Thank you.